Hello, and welcome to the Art of Teaching Business podcast. I'm your host, Denise Lee. This is the 10th episode of the Art of Teaching Business podcast, and it will be the last episode in season one. I am so excited about season two that will uh, resume in the fall, in probably August, and I have some great ideas of episodes. This episode is really a special episode to me, and it's as since I started this podcast, it's an episode that people have asked me if I was going to do. And this particular one is on my passion project, the City Collaborative. The City Collaborative has become actually more than my passion project. It's become a movement. There are hundreds of teachers globally that are building cities in their classroom. Wow, I can't even believe I'm saying that. It's become such a movement that I recently started a Facebook group called City Collaborative with Denise Lee. If you are really interested in following along other teachers' journeys of their City Collaborative, their passion project, join the Facebook group and see what others are saying about the project. I created that space as a safe space for us to learn and grow together as we are taking on this ambitious way of teaching business education, this immersive business education project, the City Collaborative. I really wanted this Facebook page to be not mine, but ours, where we can share, post pictures, questions, concerns, and ideas about the City Collaborative. So every passion project, I think, starts with a story, a backstory. Well, this project is no exception. There's definitely a backstory. I went through a bit of a professional depression. I think a lot of teachers go through professional depressions. A time when I thought I was going to be leaving education, and it actually wasn't so long ago. My, I always was the teacher of my three daughters. I taught all three of them in, in our high school for multiple classes, and I was also part of a business education department. Well, now I'm a department of one. When the other ladies retired, they didn't replace them. Um, there just was so many factors to this particular time in my career that was just lackluster. I really contribute a lot of it, though, to teaching for so many years to the status quo. Textbook teaching, um, I always made my own resources, and I always was excited about creating my own resources. But I wanted to create a situation in my classroom that was immersive, that was all surrounding and encompassing of what um, our business education standards really stand for. I wanted the real world to come into my classroom. So I tossed around a lot of ideas in my mind, like uh, t-shirt business in my classroom. Now I have a very heavy art background. And when I was studying as an art teacher, I did a lot of silk screening. So I have done silk screening in the past. And there were some things that I had in my mind that would be stumbling blocks for that type of a, a lab space. I thought about buying Cricut machines. I thought about buying one of those really big printers. And quite frankly, when I ask for something in our school district, I generally get it. 
So I didn't want the district to be spending money on something that I really wasn't going to be using a lot. The other thing that I knew was that I had now an empty classroom adjoining to my classroom. When the last teacher in our department retired and they didn't replace her, leaving me a department of one, they didn't fill that classroom space. I'll tell you what happened. Uh, They would do testing in there and then I would have to teach quietly. (laughs) I'm not a very quiet person. I have a teacher voice and I use it. So I thought, you know, I want to use that space. It's a, it has an adjoining door. It was made to be used by me. So was it going to house a school store? I had so many great ideas for that. Was it going to be a t-shirt lab? Was it going to be where I housed some sort of businesses that my students were creating things? Truth be told, I have always taught six or more preps. And I honestly couldn't imagine wrapping my head around more projects, things that might take time outside of my classroom. I say that not to sound like I don't want to go the extra mile. Anyone who knows me and knows my history, I am the extra mile teacher. I have done the prom for over 20 years. I run our student mentor program in our high school. I run our community service organization. I was doing a lot and really doing another thing that was going to be an really an extracurricular, something outside of my classroom wasn't something that I felt I could do well. Well, I've always dreamed of having a miniature city model that I would teach from. A a real world where we were exploring careers, we were tying in business plans as well as uh, markets, different markets, different types of businesses, different types of professional services. The list goes on. What if my students created that city model? It just dawned on me one day that if if they were really creating each a business of their own, they were then steering the ship. They were the driving force behind the project because they were creating the businesses. I felt like this was a way that students could get passionate about my passion project. And it was a way that they could tie in their interests, their prior knowledge, and get excited with me. And that was the birth of the City Collaborative. In March of 2020, believe it or not, yes, I think we all have a March 2020 story, don't we? It was actually March 3rd, 2020. I had a very rambunctious class of seniors huge, by the way, 27 Business Essentials students. And I decided they were the kids that were going to build the city with me. I ran a program for, oh my, over 15 years uh, that was a comedy show uh, in our high school that was a fundraiser for my community service organization. I was very familiar with the theater department, and I knew that in stage storage in our high school, we had these two really big black platforms. Actually, a a parent uh, of a student of mine built them for one of our comedy shows. So I asked our custodial staff if they recalled seeing those in stage storage, where they were, and if they could help me find them if they didn't know. And they said, we know exactly where they are, and we are thrilled to get them out of our way. And I said, okay. I said, no hurry. 
They were in my room the next day. They were really excited to get rid of them. They were a little chipped up, um, but they just needed uh, touched up with some black paint. And uh, this custodial staff helped me move the desks around so that they were the foundation that held up these two big black platforms. When I say big black platforms, they were five foot by eight foot each. They were made of plywood. They were a little heavy, heavier than they needed to be for my purpose, but they were already made, which was the glory of it. I took my business essentials class over to the makerspace that day. And I said, we are going to build a city. We're going to build a city on these black platforms. You're going to create businesses and from those businesses, we're going to learn about business education. I was so excited. And you know, excitement is contagious. The kids looked at me and they were like, I could see they, the spark going in their eyes. And before you knew it, they were like, I want to do a coffee shop. I actually already have an idea. I had a skateboarder that was super excited about doing a skateboarding shop. And he started bouncing some ideas off of me. And I said, hold the phone first. I want my accounting students to have a crack at it. We were actually just starting some research on the big four accounting firms. So that accounting class, again, a very big class. My classes are always really big. Um, I, I broke the class up into four groups and each group took on the research for one of the big four accounting firms. And we did three-dimensional models of these four firms. On the side of these buildings that we created, my students wrote some facts about the business, what services they provided, and they signed their name. They also did some career research, uh, some job searching in our area for each of the businesses. And we plotted those businesses down in a group of four in this one block on the black platform, literally four boxes on a black platform. And at that point, the road tape came in. I ordered road tape from Amazon. The road tape is literally just a roll of tape that looks like a road. And I believe it's used for playing with matchbox cars. The accounting students and I had fun putting the road tape from one end of one of the black platforms to the other. And we just built a block with the road tape around those four buildings. Their job at that point was done until later. I took my, my business essential students to the makerspace the next day and I showed them this, this financial district. And I said, these are the big four accounting firms. This gave me an opportunity to throw their names out to the students for some, some cross-curricular education. I told them the significance of these big four accounting firms really in the world of finance and business. And I told them that on that city block, there is over 1,500 Gen Xers and millennials who were working. They didn't have any place to eat while they were working, to shop. They didn't have what they needed for this city to be a bustling place of business, that they were going to be creating the businesses to really support those employees. We wanted to make this a space that wasn't just a space for these employees to work, but a place that they maybe want to come back to play or live. 
So if we were making a space, a city, where everyone wanted to live, work, and play, we had to make it exciting, and we had to make sure that we met all of their needs. So I took a big piece of butcher paper, and on that piece of butcher paper, I still have it, it's like a relic from the past, we brainstormed and scribbled down all the things that we felt were needed in a business, in a city of businesses where it was a, such an exciting city that we wanted to not only work there, but live there and play there. We ended up as a class with about 30 different types of businesses. And with a little bit of prodding, we came up with maybe 10 more. So 40 different types of businesses from coffee shops to flower shops to uh, places of recreation. One thing my students didn't really know about were professional services like real estate agencies and architecture um, offices and offices that uh, were specializing in construction or um, engineering firms and so forth. So I helped them a little bit with those types of professional services. We had spas, we had salons, we had places to get your nails done on your lunch break. I mean, the students really had a great time imagining what this city might look like. And from there, we separated um, those businesses into what we came up with eight different industries. We had restaurant industry, hotel industry. Uh, we had one <laughs> industry that was just coffee shops. Students know what they know, and they don't know what they don't know, and they know a lot about coffee shops. So I had a lot of coffee shop uh, entrepreneurs that are aspiring entrepreneurs in the very beginning, and I actually allowed probably more coffee shops than I should have because those kids were so excited about it. The first class I did this with, we had six coffee shops, and I let it happen because I said, as long as you talk and each of you are, after your discussion, doing something really different with your coffee shop, I'll let it happen. So again, back to the class of 2020 in, at this point, it was March 9th. This was the third to the ninth. My accounting students built this financial district and my business essential students were plotting out what industries would be in our city. And on the ninth, we laid the tape. And the road tape was going in every different direction. And I wish I could say there was really a scientific way for us um, that we accomplished this. There really wasn't. Uh, they played. They had fun. They talked. They argued. They had a discussion and some debates on where the roads should be. And at the end, we used all of the road tape. And I think I had to order another roll at that point. So after they finished plotting all of that, um, we, we started doing some investigation on our interests. Now, this was March, and this was a class I had had since fall. So we already learned so much in business education from core lessons and basic lessons on business and types of businesses, types of business ownership. So the students really had a great foundation of knowledge before this, um, this phase and this project even started. Well, we all know what happened on March 13th. And March 13th happened and there was a shutdown, which of course we thought was gonna be two weeks, we know turned into much longer. And to my surprise, and of course I was mourning over how in the world um, 
you know, how could this happen? Number one to the world. And then just the magnitude of what was happening in my own family and then getting emails from students are, is the city going to be built? What's going to happen to the city? Does this mean we're not going to continue the project? Oh, this teacher heart broke because I actually had something that we were all so excited about pursuing the first ever businesses in our city, which now fast forward three and a half years has become such a wonderful project for everyone involved. So we know that we didn't return back to school and I had all summer to think, you know, what in the world is going to happen in the fall? Of course, I'm on every committee that there is to be in our school district. And um, I was on the strategic planning committee for the reopen of the school. And I was part of the conversation and we decided to have a hybrid model in the fall where students were physically in our space for a rotating two days. And then they were learning remotely three days a week with Wednesday, no students reporting to school, but everyone remote. So the hybrid model made smaller classes. It actually was a perfect scenario for uh, what was going on in the world. Um, you know, as well as I do, if you taught during the pandemic, that students didn't want to talk. They, they were just... Um, not socialized, didn't want to talk through their mask. I mean, I could give several reasons. Some of them um, had some trauma and we had some work to do in education just to get us back to where we were in a pre-pandemic situation. That makerspace was it really began, um, it became a place where we we laughed, we cried, we shared, uh, we discussed. It couldn't have been a better type of a learning environment for my students in a pandemic. The classes were smaller. We all needed to be together. Um, I made sure that I, oh my gosh, I look back and I think, oh, how crazy it was, but I had Ziploc gallon bags that everyone's name was on so we weren't sharing supplies. I mean, I could go on and on as to how I taught this project in the pandemic. But at the end of that school year, what we had was a city, a city where we were learning and growing together. We were tying in everything business education. It was truly my vision that came to fruition and it was amazing. So I want to tell you a little bit about what we learned in this city space. Now, when I was teaching it from scratch, I had never had, I, I've always been kind of a project-based type of a teacher because I always was crafty, creative, and loved the, the art of teaching business, truly making it something where students could dive into projects. But I did some research on project-based education because this was truly PBL at its best. I knew that I needed to start with an essential question. So that essential question was, what businesses were needed in this city to make it so exciting that people not only worked there, but wanted to live there and play there as well? Then I had to design a plan for the project. And what I came up with was a 10-step plan, which I will outline here for you in a minute. 
And then I had to create a schedule and everyone had deadlines for every phase of this project. I had to monitor the students and the progress of the project. So monitoring the students was, I, I did a badge system. And once they got through different phases, they earned a badge. And I put those badges on what I called a vision board, which I will again discuss here in just a moment. And then we had to assess the outcome, we had to look at what, um, what really what needs we were meeting and what needs we weren't meeting. And we came up with a great list, list of needs we were not meeting. We knew that there were certain um, needs for those city workers that they had plenty of places to eat. They had plenty of places to get their nails and hair done. My word, we had plenty of coffee shops. But one thing that we weren't doing well is providing them with parking. We also weren't providing any at that point to overnight accommodations. There was no place to get gas in the city. I mean, we just really dug in and looked at what problems we had in the city. So that was our part where we really evaluated our experience and reflected on what we did well and what we uh, perhaps weren't doing well. So the phases of this project um, really are the core lessons um, is step number one. Again, there are uh, 10 steps in this project. And step number one are the core lessons like the types of businesses, uh, merchandising business, service business, manufacturing business, uh, professional services, and so forth. Types of business ownership, LLCs, S-Corp, um, cooperatives, uh, corporations. What is an entrepreneur and what qualities do successful entrepreneurs have? And then we did some small business studies because we were going to become entrepreneurs of small businesses. Step now, again, that was the core lessons. Step number two were my exploratory lessons, really evaluating the wants and needs of the city, uh, learning about the most profitable and least profitable businesses, discovering professional services, because that was something that, remember, I decided that my students didn't know much about. Um, doing a business interest self-assessment, like what type of business would get you excited because entrepreneurs put hours in their business. I wanted them to love the project that they were doing. So I was actually reluctant to tell them no for anything. I wanted them to be excited about the project. We also had a great lesson on what made an attractive city. Uh, what did we need so that this city was aesthetically pleasing? Uh, we learned a little bit about city planning. And wow, that is a rabbit hole you can go down as far as infrastructure and so forth. Um, I really had to make sure I focused on our main objective in business class, those main standards according to the National Business Education Standards. Because if you um, really talked a lot about city planning, you could do an entire class on infrastructure and all of that great stuff, but that wasn't my objective as a business teacher. But we did have just a little intro lesson on city planning and infrastructure. And then business choices. I wanted them to choose after doing that self-assessment, uh, a business of their passion. Then they had to pick, they had to do um, inspiration board, like businesses that inspired them. And we set some SMART goals. So again, that was step two, exploratory lessons. 
After doing that, that's whenever we did the wants and needs assessment and we separated uh, really into the different industries. Step three was the construction of the building businesses. And what I did was I created um, in my artistic ability, I created about 30 business building fronts that these students could pick from. And then I showed them how to digitally add embellishments, signs, uh, window boxes, uh, things to their business facade to really make it unique and special to them to show their entrepreneurial uh, flavor and flair for their business so that their business had their vibe. After the construction of the businesses, which by the way, is a hot mess, always. I've been doing this project now for years and it's always a mess. Um, I do have project managers that help me with the organization of the project, but um, it still is a hot mess. But I'm telling you, it is a wonderful mess because we are bantering, we're sharing ideas, we're helping each other. The students that are finished first end up um, you know, helping others glue and so forth. Um, but yeah, that construction of the businesses, especially during the hybrid pandemic was so amazing because these kids were so reluctant to speak out and communicate. And this is where we were really able to bond as a class and the classroom community uh, grew very strong through this construction. Step number four was the vision board. Now that we had a physical facade for the business, then the students had to decide the vibe for the inside of the business. Their vision board had to show not only what how, what their vibe was, but what products or services were you providing for the city workers? So again, it was a vision board. It was mostly pictures with just captions of visualizing what was inside of the business. And again, that was step four, the vision board. Step five was the construction of the city platform. We had these businesses, but they weren't plotted down. So now it was time to build our block. And the students uh, just did this with sticky notes. And they decided that we would, anywhere there was a pink sticky note would be a retail business. My gosh, those sticky notes were scrambled around uh, these big black platforms a hundred times. There was some arguments, some discussions. Students had to... Um, use their critical thinking skills to plot down these businesses where they should be, but they also had to learn how to defend their idea if there was a disagreement as to where their business went. Uh, the, the pink were retail businesses, the purple sticky notes were where parking would be, the yellow sticky notes is where restaurants would be, the blue were, were where the coffee shops were going to go, and so on. And that's when the 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 platform was then being plotted with these businesses. Step number six um, was a great conversation about if we wanted to have a retail district, if we wanted to have, since we had a financial district, if we wanted to have all the restaurants in one area, they decided it would not be a good idea to have all the coffee shops on one area, but it might be a good idea to have a retail district so that Patrons were parking once and then they could shop from one shop to another. Again, thinking like entrepreneurs, using their critical thinking skills, discussing this vision for this city and their world together. Step number seven was everything marketing. And it was an extensive 
probably three weeks we spent on marketing. This was uh, what is marketing. And they, we learned about the marketing mix. It gave me an opportunity uh, to teach them about SWOT analysis. They had to do a SWOT analysis on our city, a SWOT analysis on their business, and they had to do a SWOT analysis on a business in the city of their choice. Um, in our city. So another uh, student entrepreneur's business. Then we built our brand. We did everything from uh, creating logos for our businesses, coming up with a color scheme, uh, taglines or slogans, if we were going to use them and really building the brand around our business. We learned about demographics and after learning about demographics um, and then different types of segmentation for demographics, geographical, psychological, psychographical segmentation and so forth. Then we learned about who our customer avatar might be. We had to use our critical thinking skills to design and create this person or this persona that would be shopping ideally at our business, this ideal customer avatar group. Then we had some great conversations about how would you advertise? We have all these social media platforms. Which particular social media platform would be best for your business based on your ideal customer avatar group? And is there any other type of advertising that would be good for your particular demographic? My marketing class um, did this project as well, and they came up with an entire marketing plan. And the marketing plan was everything from a market analysis uh, to uh, executive summary and so on. My business essentials class did a business plan, a lean business plan, but a business plan. They did all eight steps of a successful business plan. Step number eight was creating that ideal customer avatar, an actual physical avatar that I taught my students how to do digitally. And then we put them in customer avatar groups so that we could then analyze all of the avatars for all the businesses and see what particular demographic group or generation we were not meeting the needs for our city. And that was a great time again for us to collaborate. Step number nine was the business law lessons. There are five particular business law lessons that I really felt my student entrepreneurs needed to learn about. Now, again, this could be a rabbit hole and I could extend and talk about other avenues of business law because business law is so complex, but I decided with these kids, I was going to do the intellectual property lessons on patents, trademarks, copyrights, trade secrets labor laws, because I felt like they didn't only need to know that um, as being a student entrepreneur, but also they needed to know that just for being an educated business student. Consumer laws, uh, the base eight basic consumer rights, workers' rights under OSHA, and what the responsibilities they had to keep their employees safe, but also in turn, what they need to know just by being an educated uh, employee, what measures their employer has to take to keep them safe, and then making legal connections. Students use their critical thinking still, skills to really connect legal considerations to their business that they created for the city. And after step nine, then we did that business plan and or the business functions, um, such as human resources, finance, operations, administration and IT, customer service, marketing, like everything, research and development, any of the 
functions of business and tying in their their business to the functions of business. It was magical. Again, I was taking this city model and tying in everything I was supposed to be teaching according to my curriculum map and according to the National Business Education Standards. It was my passion project coming to life and being the most successful business classroom I had ever had. I was excited again to go to work and the kids were excited to come to the makerspace to continue their uh, learning and growing together in their city. My students decided to call their city Highlandburg. We are home of the Highlanders, that's our mascot. And Highlandburg grew from that financial district created by accounting students to a big city that was bustling, a place where we not only worked, but we wanted to live there and play there as well. I was just blown away by their creativity. I was blown away by um, how much my students opened up to me, how we grew this business uh, city, really learning and growing together and becoming um, a classroom community. And I wouldn't do it any other way. I couldn't imagine, honestly, teaching business education without the City Collaborative now, because it has become such an, a movement in my school that students can't wait to take a business class so that they can have a business in the city. It didn't stop there. I teach in a building where I teach with a lot of teachers who I had as students. Yeah, I've been teaching forever. I also just have a lot of teacher friends. And I put an email out and said, listen, we built a city. Come down and see it. And if there's some way that your class can grow from this city, then let's collaborate. The way that I got really teachers, because you know we don't have time to come into our makerspace, is that I asked each student entrepreneur to invite a teacher down, a teacher of their choice, for an open house. And we weren't allowed to have, um, during the pandemic, anybody from the outside to come in because of the pandemic, but they certainly could show off their businesses to other teachers because my classroom and my makerspace was kind of tucked away in its own wing. And so when the teachers came in, they got excited as well. And 14 to date teachers have collaborated with me for their students to learn and grow in the makerspace as well. The fitness teachers, the health and fitness teachers created a fitness center when they were learning about uh, fitness careers or careers in fitness. And that fitness center lives in Highlandburg. The human anatomy teacher did a massive hospital with her students when they were learning about the systems of the body. Uh, my The life skills crew, um, I love the life skills students, and they were so excited about being part of it. They've done a project for three years now in the city. The first year they were learning about first responders, and they are the creators of our fire station, our police station, as well as the next year they were learning about transportation. So we have a bus station and a taxi, um, has taxi house as well. Um, I could go on and on. Like we have a Spanish quarter that was created by the Spanish students. The art teacher uh, did a whole cultural district. And uh, now um, I am working with our technology teacher that teaches coding and all of his students are using Raspberry Pis to code 
the Raspberry Pis and a business structure where we have uh, businesses that are lit up. They added light to our streets. They have created an airport I have yet to see. They're going to be bringing it in next week. I'm super excited about and um, our engineering students built a bridge to connect the two cities fashioned much like one of the bridges in, uh, in the city of Pittsburgh, because we are just about 45 minutes from the city of Pittsburgh. So when I called it the city collaborative, oh my, it is so a collaborative project. It is interdisciplinary, cross-curricular, and highly immersive. I couldn't say enough about this project. But how in the world was I going to create this? Because I was not only a teacher, I never say I'm only a teacher, but I also have several other hats I wear. And one is a curriculum designer and writer uh, for Teachers Pay Teachers. How in the world would I take this project with so many moving parts and so much and put all of this in another teacher's head and, and to where they were going to be able to navigate it? What I ended up doing, and it took me a couple of years to develop, but I created an ebook, um, an electronic book, which is actually fashioned in a Google slide format of 20, or I'm sorry, 33 pages of pages riddled with links to all of the lessons that I teach for this project. Again, 33 pages step by step, going through each of the steps of the project. And again, the steps of this project is all encompassing of core lessons, step one, step two, exploratory lessons, step three, construction of the businesses, step four, the vision board, step five, construction and preparation of the city platform, step six, building their block, step seven, marketing lessons, Step eight, identifying and creating an ideal customer avatar. Step nine, business law lessons. Step 10, the business or marketing plan. So there you go, folks. It is done. And I am now on almost 300 businesses in my makerspace. I have yet to remove a business. I say when I have to start taking businesses away, maybe it's time for me to retire. I don't know. I know that I am blessed to have a makerspace that houses this city for really all of my classes to learn from. We have wonderful career discussions in my personal finance class where the students rotate around the city and discuss the 16 career clusters. In my computer applications class, they don't just create things on desktop publishing programs. They're creating them for businesses of their choice in the, the Highlandburg city. Um, it's just a wonderful artifact. Now, if I didn't have the makerspace, and I get this question a lot from educators, how can I do this if I don't have the space? And there's many teachers that are doing a two-dimensional model, which I actually um, have a page showing some alternative ways of doing this in a place where you don't have the space. Uh, a two-dimensional model would be those businesses hanging on the wall, the facades of the businesses and the vision boards hanging on the wall in your classroom. Another one are rotating bookshelves. The rotating bookshelves um, that I show in this file, I got on Amazon for under $100, and each of those rotating bookshelves hold about 
30 businesses to 35 businesses, and it only takes a footprint, a foot footprint, 12 inches, um, because it rotates around and you can put several businesses on each side of this rotating bookshelf. Some of my um, teachers using this project in their classroom have, you know, four or five of those rotating bookshelves um, that they are displaying. But if you're doing it with a class, all of them would fit on one of the rotating bookshelves. So that's a frequently asked question. How do I do this with a lack of space? I also have a few teachers that have, are literally using an eight foot table. No platform needed, that table acts as the platform. They then put down black contact paper or just a tablecloth on that, that table and then set the road tape right on that. And then they're building. You could probably put about 20 businesses on an eight foot table. Um, if you're creative with the way that they are strategically placed and you limit your students' footprint of their businesses. Most of these boxes are cracker boxes, like the Daisy Maid, uh, Grand Cracker boxes, or uh, Mac and Cheese boxes. So they're just small boxes. They are literally all food boxes. Uh, some are cosmetic boxes, but they are, talk about um, upcycling. <laughs> this is the best upcycling project ever because uh, the students brought in boxes, but I also save boxes and I throw them under the city platform and then we dig them out when we need boxes. Another frequently asked question that I get is a supply list. People will often want to know what supplies I use for um, the city collaborative and what they should order. Um, road tape is one and you know, I have that actually linked in the file there on page 10 of the file. There's a whole list of what I recommend that they get as far as supplies. I also have hot glue guns that I use a lot. So glue sticks, you go through a lot of glue sticks, black duct tape or painter's tape, wide black painter's tape or duct tape and wide brown duct tape or painter's tape, I use a lot of probably six rolls of each a year, because those are the tops of the business buildings. Uh, they just cover the top of their business building with duct tape or painter's tape. I actually prefer painter's tape because it's easier to rip and easier to work with. I also have purchased small people for students to use as accessories, as well as little tiny park benches. Um, but our 3D, our construction students built these little 3D uh, printouts uh, that are so adorable to scale with our city. And um, I also have used a roll of brick tape or cobblestone uh, for some embellishments for the front of the buildings. But honestly, it's upcycling and you just need a lot of boxes. So if you can't tell by my enthusiasm of this podcast episode, this is my passion project and I'm so excited to share it with you. I didn't expect this to become of movement, but I am just so proud of the fact that I'm not only using this in my classroom, that other teachers are using this as well, which is why I started that Facebook group. It is, I literally just started it to the date of this podcast yesterday, and I'm excited to see other people's cities. I am so excited to share with other teachers, but hear what they have to do 
uh, to share as well, because, you know, I am, you know, perhaps the creator of this, but so many teachers share ideas with me that are such wonderful ideas. I look forward to learning and growing with all of you as a business educator as well. Thank you so much for listening to this podcast on my passion project. And if you have been listening all along, thank you for listening to my first season of the art of teaching business. I'm so excited to have a podcast and a platform where I can share my passion for teaching business education and my experience throughout the last three decades. Until August of 2023, this is Denise Lee with the Art of Teaching Business. Thank you so much for listening.